welcome to the latest AISET.com channel vlog. I'm joined by AISET.com CEO Scott Frew and industry veteran Nick Brickios. Welcome to you both. So today hey. we'll be talking about our latest collaboration with Nick. But before we get into that, Scott, can you please give our viewers a bit of an overview on your history with Nick? Uh, so I've known Nicholas now for uh, just over 30 years. Um, in the first startup I did, we got acquired and Nick was working for that business. That's when we first met. Uh, then uh, I started Land Systems and Nick came and joined me towards the end of that um, uh, startup, I guess. Uh, and then we packaged it up and sold it to uh, Westcon. Then Nick ran Westcon while I was away. Uh, then I came back and uh, Nick joined me to start Distribution Central and uh, the rest is sort of recent history. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, so Nick, can you share a little bit about what you've been up to lately? Yeah, I was just thinking 30 years, it's hardly recent history, but it's, <laughs> it's that's, that's, that's true. Um, well, I, uh, I finished up with Arrow who acquired us, who acquired a distribution central in uh, July of last year. So uh, the idea was to take a year off and uh, just uh, enjoy <laughs> a little bit of life and uh, spend time with the family and look after uh, my uh, uh, 90, 90 year old, 91 year old parents uh, and um, then start to think about what was next. But uh, what I really wanted to do as well was give myself an opportunity because I had occasion to study the industry from a student point of view rather than from a entrepreneur's point of view, meaning like I had no uh, no reason to prove anything right or wrong, just learn. Uh, I had no agenda. So uh, what I had been doing, and given you know the situation we're all in at the moment with uh, shutdowns and you know what comes from the coronavirus uh, pandemic, is uh, talk to a lot of people about uh, my thesis at the time, which was all about the monetization of data through installed assets. And uh, I was a big advocate of... Uh, uh, lifetime value of assets uh, and being able to truly monetize the data that's associated with uh, with uh, the use the the, the 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 commercial use of assets and that uh, then got me into a point where i needed to review my own thesis which was the leap thesis land expand extend protect uh, which was starting to get a lot of uh, a lot of attention uh, with uh, analysts and things. So I started talking to a lot of analysts like TSIA, for example, that you know about um, and many others uh, because they too were working on similar thesis. And indeed, some of the uh, people that I was working with at a global advisory councils on this. Uh, and I realised, uh, being a student of it, that uh, much of what I was thinking, much of my thinking was starting to become uh, not so much redundant, but at least a little bit antiquated because uh, when we're talking about the lifetime value of an asset, what LEAP or Land Expand Extend and Protect did not include uh, was the retirement of the asset. In particular, the retirement of the asset as organisations transition to a more contemporary uh, digital world uh, and what's known as digital transformation commonly and realizing that a lot of these assets are being retired, even though they're, they're not of end of life, uh, because of consumption models and the need to move things into cloud-based technologies. 
and we needed to therefore start expanding that that thesis. And it just so happened that, of course, you know, one of my uh, one of uh, one of my champions in the industry, of course, is my business partner uh, uh, Scott. And uh, we started to talk about it, and that's when we came up with LIPS, uh, Land Invest Protect Surrender. And Scott started to talk to me about, and he, he, he's better, better explaining, he goes, do you realize that version nine of our technology is exactly that? And it's way beyond the renewal. Not to say that the renewal is not important, it is, but it is such a small part of the monetization of data. And we haven't stopped talking since, and I uh, then uh, agreed to work on a collaboration exercise with iAsset, and uh, that has started to bear fruit in terms of how iAsset now is going to market, based on first a thesis that makes sense, which has been validated by resellers and vendors that I've been talking to at a global level constantly during my pundit period, so to speak, or student period, so to speak, and also the accelerated innovation that iAsset have been doing with their, their platform. And the worlds have collided again, and here we are uh, collaborating. It's been fantastic too. It's been awesome. Yeah, it sure has. So, Scott, do you want to give a bit of an overview on how iAsset.com customers are executing LIPS, the LIPS strategy, using our platform? Uh, yeah, sure. The... Um Look, the important thing is uh, people are coming to terms with complete product life cycles and it doesn't matter if it's cloud, it's hardware plus software subscriptions. The, every business from vendors right down through distributors and resellers need to manage all of those processes more appropriately. Um, so you now get into this uh, mode of land is get that initial configuration right. You know, lots of people still quote on Excel uh, really, you need to have all of the components that are uh, related to that item at least presented in that bill of materials to whoever the downstream partner is because the end user may not know that some of those options are valid. There may be support uh, pieces that you can use. Uh, there may be installation uh, costs factored in. There may be headsets for you know, uh, call management systems. Um, so presenting that full bill of materials first and then once that deal has closed, making sure that each one of those components and indeed the maintenance contracts are always kept evergreen through that uh, life of that contract. Um, then go and look at all of that install base for opportunities to sell more product over top that adds more value to that end customer's business processes. Uh, and then, I mean, the renewals process is still running automatically as a campaign in the background. But being able to do reference architecture campaigns, we're the only guys on the planet that can do that. So if you've got manufacturer A is related heavily to manufacturer B and potentially C, um, a reseller or even a distributor could run a campaign with those multiple vendors in one go, which has not been done before, not been seen before. Um, and then finally, the surrender piece. So this is a piece that is very close to my heart. As Nicola test, uh, I planted over 120,000 trees down in South Australia and Western Australia over the time of Distribution Central. Every invoice we generated, uh, we bought a tree basically to offset some of our carbon footprint. Um, so surrender... Sorry? Got to 490. Oh, okay, no. there you go. I, I haven't looked at it. I know I, <laughs> the last time I looked. Um, but anyway, 
those that surrender part has two components to it. There are companies out there that will repurpose existing used IT equipment out so people can use it again. Or there's the breakdown and recycle component, which I'm very heavily focused on at the moment, which is trying to get vendors to think about the componentry that's coming back from the channel or going back into recycle mode, because as, as we all know, we can't just keep throwing things out. Uh, and breaking down those components and tracking that breakdown back into the ecosystem. So surrender um, is is critical for me from an environmental point of view, as well as it should be critical for a lot of these customers because there is still net inherent value in those products coming out. Um, so we're, we're very heavily focused on that end result uh, to Nick's point about surrender. Yeah, I think the important part uh, here uh, which I want everyone to understand is at, at, on the surface, if you understand uh, installed asset lifecycle management, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? It, it, it's, it's, almost, it's almost irresponsible not to be executing on, on, on that. However, what, what I under, what I, basically the truth there was there was no strategy for it. People weren't bringing it up as a strategic initiative or an enterprise inside any organization. So it's, it's it, while ISET was creating and still is creating a generic market and, and, and is of no peer at the moment, uh, which is very difficult when you have no peer because you're doing it all yourself. The missing bit was actually not just a lack of uh, in earnest competitors that can do the whole installed asset, asset lifecycle management uh, initiative, it's there was a lack of strategy inside an organization to execute on that. And, you know, you can't, you, okay, that's a great revelation, Nick. Big, you know, you know, Crazy Horses found something, my company, Crazy Horses identified something. Well, no, not, not enough, not enough. But what, what was stopping the, um, the, the, the effort into ex just developing a strategy like that was a lot of organizations thought that just their data was rubbish. The data didn't 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 matter. And Scotty, I was uh, I haven't spoken to you about this, so you know, here's here's a first for us to start fleshing on the uh, a, a conversation that I was having with a journalist um, on Thursday, and then with an analyst on Friday about the same subject because this is really heating up, and a lot of it is is, is based on the kind of communication you guys are putting out to the market. Um, the idea about data being crap, and as we know, there's no such thing about crap data. Um, it's just badly organized. That data is zeros and ones. It can't be bad. It's there. Um, it can only be organized bad because it was organized for a different purpose. But the, uh, the, the macros are still there. I still know that a name is a name, a product is a product, etc. So being able to be reorganized in a way it can be used. And one of the analysts was saying to me, yeah, but, you know, there's still this idea that, you know, that's, that's too hard. And my response which uh, I then started to think about and realized that, no, this is actually spot on, if I don't say so myself. That is, there was a time where you could say that about data prior to putting it into an ERP system, and it would be unheard of now not to run an ERP system, or a CRM, and it would be unheard of now not to be running a CRM. And indeed, companies like Salesforce had the same problem where, you know, people collected data about their customers relative to the databases that were around at the time, not to what, say, Salesforce were doing or not to what some of the more contemporary ERP systems were doing. So it would be almost impossible to accept that that data couldn't be organised to allow for 
a install asset lifecycle management platform to monetize their day of 10, 15, 20 X, because that is what any organization pays their C-level people to do. So there is no- well, I, I think that, uh, Nick, I think to that point, we've just been through an implementation with a uh, manufacturer who was running Salesforce for their CRM business. It's not built for install asset lifecycle management. So we have worked with them over the last 12 months not because they couldn't give us some information to start the process, but to actually get their Salesforce implementation better organized to suit uh, us from a lifecycle management piece so that the two were working in conjunction and their ERP as well, so that you get this full cycle going in of data inside the business, which is now clean, everyone understands what's going on, all the relationships have now been built so that they are in a, a truly automated fashion across all three platforms. With us sitting really right in the middle. Point. That's a really important point because that sometimes gets missed. Where um, the platform that you're, you're 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 offering to the market does that for you. You know you know you, you need you need you need something to organise that data. You don't just wake up one day and say I better organise my data. You need a platform that does organise your data in a manner where you can execute on an expansion strategy, or an extension strategy, or, or a uh, retirement strategy. So that is the bit that needs to be explained a lot more. The, the platform does organize the data so you can monetize at 10, 15, 20x. And we're not saying 10, 15, 20x um, of, 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 uh, of, of, of what it should be, but what it was bought in the first place to do, but not executed on. That's right. I think um, the important thing is we say to a lot of people and anyone listening to this blog, is the importance is to collect the data. Okay, you may not have a system like iset.com to be able to deal with the data, but collect the data, collect it, collect it, collect it, because the more data you have, even if it's sort of a bit uh, messy, the better off you're going to be. Then clean it over time. So clean you know, a few records a day or a hundred records a day, depending on the size of your business, not try and clean it all before putting it in. If you clean it all before you put it in, by the time you've done that, you'll it's already gone off because data just goes off over time so we're always working with our customers to throw it all in throw the mess in and we've done it with one manufacturer only had a 22 percent attach rate for maintenance and we took them to 90 odd percent because over the 12 18 months the system started to self-cleanse as this uh, process was being generated on a daily basis it's really impressive to see that in action when, when i started to see real demos uh, of it, and of course, what I also started to talk to ISE customers when we were, when we were collaborating on this, uh, how they were actually doing that, and it's it's a real thing. It's 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 quite exciting to see that uh, an organisation, and you know, uh, you know, one of your one of your distribution partners, as well as one uh, two of your vendor partners, uh, are all doing that. They're all creating unsolicited proposals to take to their customer base, which to me is a hot lead, right? Uh, that allows for the ultimate customer to get more out of the asset that they've bought, particularly in terms of reference architectures. So the campaign module just blew me away. It just, yeah. well, that's, you know, that was, as you know, that was like when I said, you know, six, seven years ago, we were, we were, when we were talking about this, I said, whoever cracks the second D in LEAP, remember? Yeah. Um, yep. You know, wins. And that's the campaign module. And any, everyone, can, everyone can do that now because no, no asset works in isolation. And that's, why I think, and that's why I think um, the, not only the IT opportunity, 
but the operations technology opportunity is huge for anyone in the channel now to be able to go to their customers and talk more about talk more not not just about their it assets but their ot assets because they're in a perfect perfect place to have that conversation because it's still technology all right it might not be tcp ip based and all you know i don't know technology you can talk about that but um, it's not about that it's about artifacts on a network right and those artifacts yep. in the network can be if you can see them then you can then you can manage them and you can you know run a life cycle man or, 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 or well a life cycle management strategy on it yeah that's uh, that, that's true but more a, a life of the asset strategy uh, over yep. because you now have a tool so everyone in in the IT world suddenly has a customer base that's grown by uh, I think uh, it was was it Gartner earlier or was it info uh, it was one of them that said that the OT assets are eight to ten x the IT assets in an organization suddenly you've got a uh, addressable market that just grew by something between eight to ten if those analysts are right and they're not well, I think the important thing when we move into IoT and OT assets is the government compliance that's now around the world making manufacturers responsible and liable for uh, security updates to those devices so they don't get hacked and to make sure that when they go end of life, i.e. when they're not going to get updates anymore, that the end customer has been communicated with, which brings a whole world of compliance on lifecycle management that hasn't existed previously. And so the IoT market and OT markets are very, very hot right now for us. Mm, yeah, and, and 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 where it's starting to appear as well, it's 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 the legitimate. It's it, you, I'm starting to see validation legit and the legitimising of these um, lip strategies, so to speak. You know, I'm going to call it that because that's what we we've come up with. Um, when I speak to, as you know, uh, both of you know, I've been doing a lot of work with the uh, big four or the big six even, the accounting firms who are, uh, they, they have a responsibility to execute on their customers' digital transformation strategies. And that's fairly well documented. You know, some, you know, some of the people in the market that we know, especially people like James Henderson, um, who has been championing the, the awareness of this. Uh, they're saying to me that digital transformation is, 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 is their seat on the table because they come up from a risk point of view. And from a risk point of view, if you don't transform digitally, where well, you're going to be the car company that lost to Uber, or you're going to be the you know, hotel company that lost to BNB and all that, that's all well documented. But you now have a platform to, be, to execute on that. You have a legitimate, auditable platform that validates that, the execution of that strategy. So suddenly, it's an ecosystem of people working to the same game. And the yes or no actually comes from the ultimate customer. But if the ultimate customer isn't being consulted to with a strategy for their IT provider, they'll never know. And this is the biggest opportunity I've seen in being, in, in, in being able to solve the dilemma of the $15 trillion up, uh, you know, upgrade or freshening of technology opportunity that all the analysts talk about. There's the answer, and to ignore it would be irresponsible. And I sometimes get criticised by by saying, "If you do not do this, you are being irresponsible." Now it's very difficult for a vendor and or for a platform provider to say that, but me as just someone who runs a consulting company called Crazy Horse, I guess it is absolutely irresponsible not to be executing on this, and to be able to see that you can now with a platform. Well, you know, you can get fairly fairly aggressive in pointing. And saying you've got to you've got to do this, 
the problem that I see is most of the channels still see this as the responsibility of the vendor rather than their own yeah. responsibility to Agreed. be able to, or, or their distributor rather than their own responsibility to be able to go to their customer and finally consult to them and give them something that they can't do without. And if someone else provides it, they're out of the game. And we have seen that time and time again in the channel all over the uh, planet. It's, it is the value add of making money out of old data. And although especially US organizations are typically focused on net new sales, the smart ones are seeing that there is just as much, if not more opportunity in their existing properly managed install base than there is in net new. And especially in crises like these where some may be struggling, it is better to go back and easy to go back to the customer sets they have and work out what their uh, expansion opportunity is rather than trying to knock down the door that everyone else is trying to knock down on a net new customer. All right. Well, um, Nick or Scott, did you have any final words before we wrap it up for today? Uh, look, I think uh, the important thing in any crisis, and this applied with the uh, global financial crisis and Gulf War One and uh, the dot bomb and uh, the 80s crash, this is a time of opportunity. And I keep telling people this is the time to put the accelerator down, not the brakes. A lot of people are pulling back when, in fact, they should be going harder. This is an opportunity for change, massive change. It's been thrust upon the world. And now your objective is to automate as much of the business as possible because you've had to let those people go because you can't afford them anymore. So how do you keep those customers happy with less staff? And automation is the only way to do that. And once you get that base level automation in, which we've seen with plenty of customers, like customers that turn on the engine and see over $100 million worth of opportunities they haven't seen before. Once they see that opportunity, it's going to bring value to their channel or their downstream partner, whoever that is. And their upstream partner. I mean, what vendor is not going to be happy with extra sales? So focus on the uh, how are you going to change to adapt to a post-COVID world or even a current COVID world uh, to move your business forward rather than pulling back? Really, I mean, my interpretation of what Scott's saying is that this is an opportunity for correction. And if your business is struggling, they've probably had some problems in the first place. Right? Because, And my proof of that is there are a hell of a lot of businesses that aren't struggling through this, right? They're... <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, adding a hell of a lot of value, uh, giving, giving their customers things they can't do without to get through this, right? And get through this means that they're actually strengthening their businesses for their customers, strengthening that. And uh, I'm not sure if this is, you know, uh, out, out there yet or not, or, or have, have, how, how much volume there is behind this, but I do understand that you guys are giving away uh, a license at the moment. And it's not, you know, I don't, want to use the word free, but you know, for any small business that wants to start to look at doing this, what we know for sure, what, what I know for sure from a crazy horse point of view is that the uh, resellers and the vendors who are executing on a uh, LIP strategy using an asset, uh, installed asset lifecycle management platform are winning. They're doing exceptionally well right now. That's the feedback that I'm getting. That's, of course, what you guys are seeing. Um, and uh, in, 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 in whether it's community service or whatever, while you guys are giving away uh, licenses to install and to work out how they can transform their business without any cost associated to the license is an amazing thing you could be doing right now. Well done to, to you guys at, at iAsset and, and especially you, Scott, for being you know, so, so, so thoughtful. 
um, anyone listening to this that isn't looking at, to, at, at reducing the cost of innovation to virtually nothing uh, needs the edge ready, just needs the edge ready. No, thank you, Nick. It was, it was a genuine offer to help a lot of struggling businesses, especially at the reseller level, uh, cope with the changes and give them an opportunity to change themselves without having to take any monetary risk, really. And then if, if in six months' time it's not working for them, which I know it will, um, then you know, we'll reevaluate the uh, licensing at that point. Well, yeah, that's, but I, I love it because everyone, you know, used to make fun of us, you know, like, you know, uh, I, I'm supposed to be the generous one and I'm supposed to be because I, you know, do what I do. But what you guys are doing right now for industry that's trying to redefine itself, an industry that's trying to redefine itself is amazing. So congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you both for sharing your insights. Um, to our viewers, please stay tuned because we have another video coming up soon with Nick where he's going to get into more detail about each stage of LIPS. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Later. See you next time.